Hello everybody, it's your old friends at Monday Madness and welcome to another episode of the That Was Liquid Football Podcast. As ever, ever, we are on hand to talk about all things football, all things Premier League and now all teams Champions League because that's been happening uh, this week. So uh, guys, have you been enjoying the uh, the week of football that has been? We've had quite a lot on again. Not really because it was all shy. Uh, well, that's on. great. We that's won good, last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> on penalties, let's be fair. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Ignoring the milk cup result, <laughs> the league yeah. itself, it's not been any good, you know. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Everton's already won it, so really, it's like, quite, yeah. it's quite pain. Yeah, Everton have already won it, so the, mm. this whole thing is just subtweeting Everton and the Premier League to the fucking uh, Premier League title. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But like, it paid for the obvious that no team has had a proper preseason because it's fucking it's chaos. Yeah, <laughs> but we should enjoy it. We should enjoy it for what it is. You know, football has indeed gone fucking mental. Indeed, this is pandemic football at its finest. Not only as not only because it usually goes mad anyway at the starts of all the seasons, but not only has it gone mad, but this is with the COVID, it's the equivalent of. It's throwing its meds out the window as well. So yeah, it's probably not going to get better. Let's say it's a football equivalent of a psychotic uh, episode. You know, mm. just the Premier League and, needs to be put in a, like a padded room, kind of like the empty stadium in a sense, but just yeah. more padding. A psychotic episode, and you've just run out of lithium. You know, so you're like, ah, oh, shit. It's a bad sign. Yeah. So uh, let's lick some phone batteries, guys. <laughs> it's a it's a wrong way to save ourselves. But for the time being, let's jump right into our Premier League rundown, chap, shall we? Oh, do we have to do music? Oh, we do. <laughs> oh, I think I, I think I could have write this one. Man, every time you start that, I think it ends. Man, and then you just see flashbacks of Ulrika Johnson. It's like, oh god, no, not again. <laughs> my flashback to that. No, of course, yeah. <laughs> and of all the flashbacks you could have, they're not bad ones. You're seeing Wolf in your dreams for some reason and getting really confused. Anyway. Very, very confused. Indeed, indeed. So, this is our third match day of the Premier League, lads. Uh, last one before the interlow, which uh, we were all really looking forward to. It's the penultimate one, actually. We have one this weekend and then the interlow. Um, again, we're mm. all very, very excited about that. You can tell in the tone of our voices. Um, yes. Thankfully for us, it was a very, like... <laughs> It was mixing in quality. There were some really boring matches and then some really like overly toply ridiculous matches, which really suits us. Yeah. So jumping right into the to the, the wave of tedium that was Burnley Neil Southampton won. I watched this match. Can't recommend it. There's nothing happening in it. And <laughs> I think if you bought if you gave both teams a one 0 win and a Danny Yings goal, I think both teams would have accepted that. Like there was yeah, nothing the, else in the match. It was the game where right from the opening whistle, neither team looked like they even wanted to be there. Like, yeah. I guarantee after the referee had blown the whistle, if he'd have went, look, lads, I can just blow up right now, we all go home, nil all, and they'd have gone, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was really late on a Saturday. 
Yeah. Wasn't it? Eight, like, eight, eight o'clock, yeah. Like, it's just like, everyone was just like, nah, not having this. Can we, can we go back to three o'clock kickoffs, please? Um, it's past my bedtime. I was just going to have <laughs> Yeah. But if, uh, if you thought, like, um, Southampton weren't getting any better after their fiasco at Spurs, mm. um, yeah, no, they, they, they really stunk the place out. It was, it was something. <laughs> Both teams stuck it out, really, in fairness. Oh, like, Burnley were not great shakes either. Not, like, the, the goal came in the fifth minute. Yeah. Like, and nothing it. happened. Like, it wasn't even like Burnley even wanted to score an equaliser. It was just like, let's just, like, do you know, like Puck Father, who can kick mm. it the furthest? That's literally what it was. It was just like, let's hoof it and see who gets the furthest, as if that was the real prize of the day. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it like, was. We don't know. We don't know what the yeah, agreement was. Southampton, that was like they had one shot on target, one goal. Burnley had two shots on target. That was it. There was only one yellow card. Oh, fuck yeah. This. Yeah, that was it. Nothing, nothing at all to talk about. So moving on then to the other uh, 1-0 win from, uh, from, this, from this match day, and that was the Yorkshire Derby, which we haven't had in the Premier League before, lads. Uh, actually, I'm wrong. It was, it was actually the first one since 1994, can you believe? I was three since that, this fixture last happened, so there you have it. And Leeds beat it 1-0. Patrick Bamford Bam, is Bam, averaging Bamford. a goal a game. Three and three. Bamford. <laughs> um, I love as well, I think it must be a thing where like, the more criticism you give Patrick Bamford, the better he somehow plays. So I, I feed his curly head. <laughs> <laughs> Just the mental image of that is a bit weird, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of that, <laughs> not a fan of that at all. But uh, it's a fun game by all accounts. Like it was, it was good value for a one nil win. You know, it could have been a lot more. Yeah, well, yeah, it should have been a lot more. I'm like, I was just looking at the, the goal stats there. Like Leeds had eight shots on target. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, fucking Sheffield had four. Um, so yeah, like it, this could have been mental. Yeah, Sheffield's it's... suffering a bit of the second season syndrome, aren't they? Oh, don't, very... don't say that. Don't say that too loud. Already. Don't say that too loud, Jesus. Well, no, we're happened. playing them at the weekend. Like, we're going to set that right for them. They're going to be flying yeah. again after us. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was, Sheffield definitely have. Like, they've, they've gone three games now. They've not scored a single goal. They've not picked up a single point. Next is the ultimate salve, the ultimate panacea to all the of The Goldrick hat trick yeah. against <laughs> Arsenal. Goldrick hat. Stick your fucking houses on it, lads. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I, I do think Sheffield will be okay now because they have finally got Brewster on the books. And like again, as a Liverpool fan, why do you think that that is going to work out for them? Because he's really like, fucking good. No, but he's good nothing. For, it'll work out for Liverpool because they've shipped mm. a player off for twenty-four million, who's never, who's never going to get into the team. He's never, he's never going. Go- yeah, yeah. No, I disagree. I think like if like Brewster would get into the team if Firmino wasn't there. This is the this is the problem we have. Jota now is well. Jota is a wide, wide player. I wouldn't have played him number nine. You know what I mean? And do you still like, have Origi? Origi is still on a long. Ar- Origi will only be here for like a year or two. Like, like there's, there's actual like plans set out for these players. And you've got Salah and Mane. Yeah, I know. This is the trouble. We're all trying to, we're trying to like plan everything out in years. <laughs> he's, just like, he's not getting ahead of any of these. No, not getting ahead no. of any of these players. So like. Well, that's why we have the buyback clause. So if he does turn up good, we can just bring him back in for forty mil. Like that's only for the first season. Process. That's only if like don't they have to agree to sell him? Like you can't just go. Yeah. Oh, he's grand. Here's forty mil. Basically, yeah. Like there is, there has to be an amicable thing between the two clubs. But anyway, well, that's that's off topic. But either way, like Sheffield, like obviously needed a good striker in this. That's like the they were if they had like a definite target but man up front, the they would have had a the problem. Brewster is that striker. There's no evidence. He's never played. No, in the I, Again, from the, from what I've seen, like 
look, well, if you ever watch him against Swansea, when he was at Swansea last season, he was brilliant. He was averaging a oh, goal, yeah, so goal a game. 11 goals and 22 appearances for Swansea. That's 25 yeah. million worth now, is it? No, it's not. Obviously, it's not. <laughs> Jesus, don't think. One minute. You, you've upset the dog now. No, you've upset the dog. The dog. Yeah. the dog is not Thank you. your shit. Thank you. You've upset Rip the dog the now. Cheers. That's Thanks. Dog for laughter. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a, she, she's, she's mad for a buyout. What is she fucking doing? Jesus. You've upset her now completely. Again, I, I think like. They, they, Sheffield will come good one way or the other. I think they could, I think they're they're looking for a new centre back as well. Good. They've got Arsenal next. <laughs> what happened? Take a check out what happened with West Ham. West Ham first game absolute dog shit. Couldn't stank out the place. Literal dumpster fire. Their next game Arsenal. Now they lost, but it was a much marketably better performance. And then you look at them this game week, fucking ripping it up, boy. I like that you've kind of booked Arsenal as some form of like football phoenix down that somehow revives clubs from the dead. I keep telling you, I, I said this to everybody. We've been saying this for years. I've been saying this for years, yeah. If I was a sports like, psychiatrist, I'd learn hypnotism. And I'd make a fucking <laughs> fortune going round and round to all the different teams. And as a pre-match preparation, I'd just hypnotise them all to convince them that they were playing Arsenal. And fuck me, 200% fucking efficiency thing. Give me that money. I'm trademarking that, by the way, so no cunts will steal it. Yeah, that's fair, Shane. Yeah, you have to put a good catchy title on it, though. Like, you know, it's has to be like Psycho Gunneris or something like that. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. Um, anyway, so moving on then from the Yorkshire Derby, Derby. which uh, was a bit of fun. Uh, the first of many VAR-filled shenanigans uh, this weekend, uh, Palace won Everton 2. Uh, again, another uh, emphatic victory on the way of Everton's inevitable title win. Um, but like, let, let, let's chart this point in their journey. Um, how good are they and why... Will we not be able to stop them, Neil? Well, we won't be able to stop them because of the two Jameses on their right flank. Mm -hmm. The fucking sweet chin music that James and Seamus are <laughs> unleashing down that right flank. It's just, oh man, like it's, it's pure poetry. Like it, <laughs> really, it's, it's, it's really something. You know, after, like, after Coleman chased off Kieran Gibbs <laughs> for uh, attack, for horrendously attacked his boy. Um, he'll do it again. What do you mean he'll do it I again? I did again. I did again. He'll do it again. Um, so yeah, after that, like, ah, oh, the two of them are just poetry in motion, baby. Mm. Absolutely. Imagine that first conversation between the two of them. It's like, oh, hi, you're James Rodriguez, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Did you know that my name is your name in Irish? No, I didn't know that. Well, it is. <laughs> that's all. That, that's the only conversation they've ever had. Yeah, they just have an understanding. They just know. Yeah, it's, like, it, it, it's all, all James's habit. It's true. Does that mean then, if like if Nordy gets to the Everton team, he scores twenty a season? <laughs> Look, the even right side, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Gotta play on the right, baby. <laughs> yeah, we have to experiment with that. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, like to be fair, like Palace were in this game a good bit. Um, I think like uh, the reason I'm kind of saying that a little bit in hope for the Merseyside Derby because uh, they are, Everton still look pretty bad away at set pieces. They are getting better, but the personnel is not good enough to landmark. Or sorry, Zolomark, I should say. Well, and the like, goalkeeper's not good enough either to come out uh, of the box. <laughs> I really, like, I think if they were to get a decent keeper in... Um, they should have got Mar they should have gone hard in for Martinez. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but if they were to get a decent keeper, I don't even think their defense is that bad. Mm. Um, I it's mainly Pickford, like he is just so awful. And 
like I know I've been listening to a couple of podcasts this week that have kind of picked Pickford out as being you know underperformer of the week sort of a thing and um, that'd be one seen... hell of a jingle underperformer of the week they'll <laughs> <laughs> be like underperformer wah, wah. of the week is he still <laughs> employed or is he warm food who's <laughs> <laughs> getting transfer listed this week it's underperformer of yeah, the yeah. week yeah yeah you were saying that he's the underperformer yeah yeah mm. but basically it's just like it's just he's in such a slump now I don't know if he'll ever get back out and especially with those tiny arms will he be able to climb his way out don't think so I don't think so no absolutely not but the thing is is that like it's only for the fact that he's the England number one. It's the only reason yeah. they still have him, you know? I and mean, again... We'll like the shitstorm they'd have to clean up from the English press that if they dropped the England number one for a different goalkeeper, like everything would barely be nuked. English press are going hard in. Like if Henderson kicks on at Manchester United, mm. you know, Pickford yeah. will find himself well out. He, he'll definitely, at the very least, he won't, probably won't be dropped from the team because they still have a lot of dregs hanging around there, goalkeeper-wise. Yeah. But um, he'll definitely find himself out of number one. Mm. No, I believe that. Because even in the two games that Henderson has had with United, be he's anyway, been by far better. Like, <laughs> he shouldn't I be in that anyway, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Case, the funny thing is about the set pieces thing is that um, Townsend's corner was fucking brilliant. It was good. It was fucking good. Like. <laughs> he whipped that fucker in. There was the amount of swaz on that now. was mm. It was really something else. Um, it's like it's like his Townsend is a, that's his only skill is proper swaz. Like he will, he's able to whip a ball in. He can't do anything else. But man, he can put he can whip a ball in well. Like fucking, how many players do we know fucking made great careers after just doing one thing really fucking well? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so like that's it. I'm mean, like when it got to the back post, and, as well as like uh, Kiate's header. Holy shit! He fucking <laughs> low lamped that ball like it owed him money. <laughs> <laughs> Proper fucking, I believe it's called the Tony Montana in the business. Oh man, he like, oh, he got his, he put his laces through it using his head. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. No, that's true. No, we will accept we'll that. We'll, we'll accept that anecdote. Yeah, we're fine. Um, moving on then, uh, Scott Parker's Fulham officially relegated after three games, according to Paddy Power, as they lost three 0 to Aston Villa. And I agree with them. Fulham are fucked. I was totally oh. wrong. Totally wrong to say they're going to survive. Jesus Christ, this team looks already relegated and it's only three games into the season. Oh, wow. Um, this is just such a gulf in talent. Like, it's, it's exceptional. Um, I remember watching, I was watching this game and I was thinking, like, are Fulham actually just going to do anything else but play a flat four midfield, flat four defence and two up front? Are they, is there anything else about this team? Did, did I miss something in the championship that, like, everyone else, like, didn't see? Because I thought this team was supposed to be good. And then I look at them holding back so much and there's like no creativity in midfield. The defenders are fucking atrocious. They are League One defenders, let alone fucking oh, like, But they're, they're like um, the owner guy um, went out on Twitter and was like, straight after the performance was just like, yeah, we know we need to replace the centre-backs. We've been trying. And like, like set out this list of all the centre backs that like, or the the reasons why they didn't sign any of these centre backs. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I that's all well and good because like the centre backs were shite. They're terrible. But that I don't think is great for like, I don't know, team morale. I'll be, I'll be expanding on this. That. I will be expanding on this <laughs> later on in the hand of cards because I will be talking about Tony Khan at length. So yes, yeah. you're, ah, okay. Yes. It must be something else to, uh, to be a defender. To look to the stands and see your own club owner going, you're get the fuck out. 
It's the bought that guy away. Not even bought that guy. You gave Dennis O'Doy a three-year extension on his contract. He's five foot seven. You have him playing centre back. What do you expect is going to happen? You literally just put an umpa lumper in the defence and expecting something to work. It's not going to. Literally anyone is going to outmatch him in a corner. Even the corner flag could beat him in a header, for fuck's sake. Like that's. It's almost like putting Danielle Van der Donk, to ma- who's five foot four, to, ma- <laughs> to mark Sam Mewis in a match, who is five foot nine. That's oddly specific, Burke, but I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. You could be making this up. Um, yeah. uh, but but I, also, on, yeah. the other, on the flip side of the coin, Villa look actually quite tasty. They do. Um, they really, really do. Yeah, it kind of sickens me to agree with that. Yeah, it does make me want to vomit onto my mic. But Martinez, <laughs> I wanted him to do well and him only, so... Mm. So you sort that... of like, uh, you just <laughs> watch the Villa matches through a haze of tears at what <laughs> It should have been me. <laughs> He's Everything always on yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's that kind of thing. Like again, like I have to say, Villa have done really good business. Like they they they've addressed every shortcoming in their in their team, and like they look better as a result. Granted, it helps now that McGinn is back fit, and it helps that Grealish is actually you know given a more of a free reign in midfield. That's all he really needed in that sense. Um. So yeah, no, they look good and they they look fairly comfortable in the league. I don't know if they'll be stuck into the relegation scrap at all. It depends on. The teams around them, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit a mid-table, a decent mid-table finish. I really I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Again, it depends on Watkins. If he hits, if he starts scoring goal game, like then, yeah, Cardell be fucking fine, you know, because that was the problem last season. Um, moving on, then one of the shock results of the uh, match day, lads, it has to be said. Who knew putting David Moyes in a box full of his own uh, infection could work to your advantage? West Ham four, Wolves nil. Um, Oh, this was, I was not watching this game because I was like, mm, I, don't, I can't remember these W teams. I can't remember if they're any good or not. And then, <laughs> Watford relegated. <laughs> Googling, was Watford relegated? Well- oh. Relegated. Well- <laughs> <laughs> she really can't handle the Ws there. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, uh, I, I deeply, deeply regret not watching that game because mm. what the fuck? I had Jimenez and Traore in my fantasy football team and Jimenez as my captain. Same. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was um, not, not a good look for me that week, this week. It was the opposite of nice. Yeah. Very much the opposite of nice. Uh, <laughs> again, it's just a weird thing. Like, like, West Ham have had a week. Like, they've, they've been smashing teams in the fucking in the Carabao Cup and then got knocked out this week. Anyway, uh, and then suddenly they have, like, <laughs> Moisey's in, in isolation. Is he, is he a dop is in isolation. Josh Cullen in isolation. And all three had to leave mid-game. They got told, like, during the Charlton game, oh, yeah, guys, you guys have to play. You better fucking go. It's like, do I team talk? No, no, let, let's do, let, let Psycho do that, right? Yeah, I'll, fine, I'll just... I'll just go then. Well, I yeah, stay at home, Moisey. We're going really well now. I think it says like a lot that David Moyes is better as a manager that isn't managing. Mm. Than he Absolutely, is managing. he is really better when he's not there. I'm mean, like in absentia. Two- there we go. Yeah, there we go. He's missed two games, and the results from them: two wins, nine goals scored. Uh, and they've only shipped <laughs> one goal. I was like, holy shit, man! Stay the fuck at home, Moideola. 
Man, he's already pushing for the episode title early on. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but here, but the, the, the last thing is, like, I think there's a reason why they're so attacking in those two games, right? And it's the assistant. Like, you, you lads don't remember Alan Irvine, do you? Vaguely. Doesn't he do Tarleton? West Brom. He oh. got West Brom promoted. Like, like, the last time West Brom in the Premier League was because of Alan Irvine. And he scored, they were top scorers in the league that season because he plays ridiculously attacking football with no defences. And, like, suddenly they're winning games 5 and 4 nil. Like, it's, a, it's not a coincidence in that sense. But, um, but a lot of people are being, having credit for that because I think they changed formation that game as well. Like, he's, he's mad for a 4 3 3. So they had, like, uh, Bowen, Fornells, and uh, Antonio as a front three. And they did really well. There was good interplay there. Problem is that Moisey doesn't do four three threes. He doesn't even do four four twos. He does ten one zero. Um, so yeah, bad luck there. Well, at least enjoy your time in the sun, West Ham. That's all I can say. Um, next up then to our top five. And oh Jesus, look at this top five. Spurs won. Newcastle won. Oh for fuck's sake. So who'd like to take lead on this one? Anyone? Any takers? What a fucking shit game. Like I said it before about uh, Southampton, you thought, oh, the Southamptons don't get out the last time. Fuck me. Like, the Spurs were literally in that first half of that game. They were the worst ever. And I thought, oh, no, that's just a blip. They can't be any worse. So I actually watched this fucking game. And oh, my God, it was actually, like, traumatically boring. Yeah. It was. It was really, really bad. Like, Especially considering hazard, that, like... <laughs> health hazard warning level fucking terrible. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've aged 10 years watching it because Newcastle had no interest in attacking. Spurs tried to attack but couldn't and like basically just left it to, to Sam Mora to run at defenders, all seven of them. Like I know we were playing the Gladiators music earlier on, but it actually did feel like a fucking eliminator. You know what I mean? Uh, I felt like it was more of like a Takeshi's castle, just like kind <laughs> of assault on the, on the, on the castle. But yes. Like, yeah. But Takeshi's castle is funny. I watched that shit. And has great Charles. <laughs> I wouldn't watch this if you paid me money. This was fucking <laughs> terrible. Like, all right, then we're going to get onto the fucking handball thing, right? And it, it shouldn't have counted, right? It shouldn't mm. have been a handball, all right? It, it's a load of bollocks. But, like, <laughs> Steve Bruce afterwards saying that, like, oh, he's ruining the spectacle of football. I was like, did you watch the same <laughs> game we did? Are you fucking, what was the spectacle? You, you, you got a point from a game you had no shots on target in. <laughs> literally, they literally conceded a goal, right? They went 1-0 down, and then the entire team, as a collective, decided, all right, let's just keep it at that. Let's just keep yeah. it at 1-0. I and mean, it was fucking terrible. It was, gar- it was absolute garbage. Hang on, I'll pull up the fucking stats here. Fuck this shit. They had five shots off target. No shots on target. <laughs> 35% possession, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Spurs had 12 shots on target. And 11 of them were, were saved from Darlow. So the defence didn't even block any. Absolutely. Like, where was the spectacle? Like, <laughs> what spectacle are people ruining? Ruined? This is a spectacle you want to be fucking ruining. <laughs> Had it not been for the fucking handball thing, nobody would be talking about this match. Yeah. I don't think yeah, we even rank this as a match. Yeah. This is it. Um, yeah. Like I said, as you mentioned there, the dire handball was the, literally the only noteworthy thing from the match. We all agreed at the time it was bollocks, don't we? Like, it's just a handball oh, in itself. Like, uh, like I, I did say, and I completely stand by my uh, words at the time, was this is an absolute fucking shit show of a rule. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that it's in right now because this is what the Women's World Cup had to deal with. 
And yeah. we had to suffer during that. So all y'all can suffer through it until everything gets fixed. It's funny listening to all the pundits now waxing lyrical on philosophy of law. Like, you know, you've got Jermaine Janus breaking out the fucking existential crises of fucking football. And it's hilarious is what the, because the reason why the rule came in is because basically FIFA have now taken control of the handball rule and it's stated that the Premier League has to fall in line with everybody else. And they're mm-hmm. all complaining about it. Like, well, why do we have to have the same rules as everybody else? I was like, Sorry, did you really ask that question? Are you a grown fucking adult asking that fucking question? Well, it's, it's like Brexit all over again. I was about to, I was about to say, hello, what is Brexit? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> this, is my, this is a fucking point. But the thing is, as well, this kind of leads into my card. Um, when, like, Mourinho was, after the match, was saying, oh, you know, big clubs, oh, you know, big club, a big club would have gotten that decision, whereas, you know, at Spurs, we're a small club. You know, we don't get that, you know. Yeah, Spurs are a small club. As he's us, standing, us humble Spurs. As, as he's standing in their home stadium, which is one of the most expensive on the fucking planet. With cheese fountains. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So you did kind of backtrack a wee bit on that, you know. But And it's all microbrewery. The, yeah, the, the fun thing about, the thing about the reason why the handball rule, and people have been comparing like the old handball rule, which is only like about four or five lines, to the fucking Cthulhu-like beast. <laughs> It is now. Yeah. And the reason why is because it's to stop the refs. It's to eliminate any kind of thinking on the refs' part. The refs just apply the rule and that's it. And yeah. the reason why they have to do that is because of people like Jose Mourinho. You know, like mm. fucking people who almost made a career out of cycle. I mean, he basically admitted to it, you know, saying, oh, a big club gets that decision. I was like, so you've just admitted to you kind of psychologically skull fuck the officials into yeah. giving decisions that they don't normally get and we'll get onto this in the card as well but like Indeed. the reason why the, the rule has been changed so many times and the reason why it's such a fucking gargantuan clusterfuck is to stop people like him yeah no I, I quite I agree and, and this is the thing like it is like a combination of it is of people wanting justice so much and then realising like what the double edged sword of that is you know, like exactly. if you want to take the if you want to take the uh, decision out of the referee, then this is the alternative, and this is your only alternative. And also, also, can we all be on the same level that Steve Bruce would not be complaining about would be complaining about not getting the handball had that not been given? Oh, absolutely, like, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, of also, would be. let's all say I watched this post match interview, literally going, "You lying." Fucking <laughs> <sack of> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Brooke, you were saying there. Sorry. Um. No, I was like pretty much just agreeing, but like just saying that, like, um, if it had been the opposite, in the opposite way around, and it had been a Newcastle just player handball on it, like, like you can be absolutely sure Mourinho would have been running up and down the pitch and gotten himself sent off by the referee for complaining and for not getting it. So, like, mm. and defending the handball rule as well, as at least we forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, bit. so that, that's all I want to say there. Yeah, no, that's fine, that's fine. Moving on then to uh, the other game that was heavily affected by this handball bollocks, although perhaps justifiably be so, is Brighton 2, Man United 3. No, the thing is that this, that was actually a handball. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, it, that's it, the opposite it, side of the coin. It, like, it, this worked. It was, it was, yeah, and it was missed. Uh, I mean, it, it is written into the rules that like, if there's a VAR decision going, going and the ref blows up for the game, they can actually restart the game. Yeah. In fact, there was one. There was one case. I think in the Bundesliga, I believe the Bundesliga. Yeah, where all the players were back in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were still reviewing it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the refs like, uh, yeah, sorry guys, we're uh, we have to head back out here now for a penalty. Um, yeah. But like, 
Volpe has actually just saved that ball. Like he's not, it's not just a glancing thing. He's literally put his hand up and everybody missed it. And you couldn't actually see mm. it. Funnily enough, a friend of mine texted me and he watches it on the channels that don't have the crowd noise because he can't fucking oh, yeah. stand it. And he said he could actually hear it. You, can oh. hear, you can't fucking see his hand hit it because of the camera angle. But you can actually hear Mope. He's literally put his hand up and saved it. Had he been the goalkeeper, he'd have been saying, oh, that's excellent command of his, excellent command of his box there. That's, that's a match-saving <laughs> intervention there. Mm. <laughs> so that's a proper, that, like, that's absolutely a proper use of the fucking VAR and the rule and, and everything. Yeah. No, no, this is it. Like, um, like I said, there's a lot of subplots of this game, and most of them were Brighton-oriented. Like Trossard hitting the VAR three times. Brighton generally hitting the woodwork more than the goal. They hit the post like five fucking times. Five times. I think they hit. I think they made a record. They hit a record. I think. I could be wrong about that. I could At be wrong. Point, about that. Like I did actually because I I didn't watch the game. Uh, mm. I watched like kind of like extended highlights. <laughs> but I remember a mate mine pinging me during like during the game. He was watching it. He was going at Brighton up for the fucking cross bar challenge. Bar challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was of one of the guys that. A friend of mine drinks with he, he's like a mad gambler and he, the, the local betting shop do a kind of thing whereby if you've got a first goal scorer or if you've got any bet on and the mm. crossbar is hitting that game they'll double the odds Ooh, and he actually literally went in and he literally went in and asked does that actually rack up for every crossbar hit it's and the manager just went yeah. absolutely fucking not you could get good <laughs> 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 to say because like hit, bar, bar, hit post five times and then mail pay penalty you could have like had a six-time fold on your bet. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Good. Yeah, no, fair shield, like, man. Yeah, the, I think it's only just the crossbar. It's not the post. Posts don't count. Ah, semantics. Uh, <clears throat> Can we all just yeah. appreciate the hubris, by the way? That is Neil oh, Mope. The hubris. I love it, and the fact that it happened to Mope. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is it. Like this is the second yeah, time this has happened points. to him. Like absolutely, I guarantee you, Bernd Leno was watching that match, going. Ah, <laughs> You fucking Schweizer cunt! <laughs> <laughs> Let me just write that one down. Schweizer cunt. That's cool. Right <laughs> Be sure. I think it's got like four umlauts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I've got the I've got the special beat. The, spe, the special beat. The, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but um, yeah, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But at the same I, time, though, at the same time, I have to say, like this, like result really does mask how fucked United are. Um. Like, okay, Brighton, like, realistically, gone by the bands of play, should have won this game, like, comfortably. You know, they should have been, like, against Newcastle. Because, let's be honest, I think Newcastle gave up more of a fight. The only thing that really saved them was the fact that, like, okay, Fernandez had a bit of a, had a penalty, scored, whatever it was. And what saved them was Rashford having some remarkable fucking skill. Like, genuinely, like, like solo, soloing throughout the entire Brighton defence. <clears throat> but otherwise, if you look at their midfield, that midfield was controlled by Adam Lallana who's 33, and we let him go for free because he was so injury-prone. And here he is dancing around Pogba, Matic, and Fernandez like they were fucking training cones. Like, that that should be alarm bells to somebody at United. Obviously, there isn't. The window's closing on Monday. They're not signing anybody, and they can get behind it, get off this fucking Sancho train because nobody's on it. You know, you need to start looking at what's wrong with the team. Sancho, as we say, I think we said to perform under our previous podcast, Sancho Mm. wouldn't help them. No, it's like the problem isn't with right wing. People have to stop looking at this. Look at the back. You do, look at your defenders. Your fullbacks are terrible, with, with, except to perhaps Juan Basaka. But like, there's there's nothing there. Like you know, like uh, it, the, I just think it's so funny. It's so typical Man United in their absolute 
utmost plump of shite where they, mm. you know, they absolutely are going for the wrong player for the mm. wrong reasons. And yes. I, for one, think they should try and try and waste all their money just like they got, you know, Sanchez, um, as in Alexis Sanchez. And um, <laughs> just waste all their money on Sancho. Like, but that's a, that's a remarkable thing. Like, you, you made that point about getting it for the wrong reasons. Like, the, the reasons they're getting these players in, these marquee players, is to sell jerseys. They're not there to augment a team. Like, my, like Man United, we've said this, like, for years, that Man United is no longer a football team. It's a business. They're yeah. in the business to sell stock, to sell shares, to sell shirts, and to expand. That's what Edward Wood's real job is. It's not to actually sign players that are good for the team and do all that scouting horseshit. No, that's that's fucking that, that's that's Michael Edwards bullshit. We're not doing that over here. What we're doing is signing big names to put on the back of our jerseys and sell shirts, and then next year we'll sell them off because they're terrible. But at that point, we have made our money. You know, like what Falcao, fucking Ibrahimovic, Alexis, as you said, and now they're looking for Sancho. They're literally just going for people they've heard of. So they can sign for Man United for maybe a year or two. They de- depreciate like fucking milk and then they sell them off because then nobody cares. They made their money. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. But uh, in all fairness, like they, they really got to do something because holy yeah. shit, if Brighton had decent strikers. <laughs> if they had one more striker, they would have won that game 4-0. Aaron, Aaron Connolly, I'm sorry. I really want well, him to do well. How get a fucking penalty? <laughs> True, yeah, in fairness. So good at earning penalties. Yeah. Um, actually, just new rule. Just just to have Lamte as a striker, because that seems to work out really well. Yeah. Let's put Lamte everywhere. Yeah, we can do that. We can clone him. No, I think, maybe. Um, we have the so, technology. <laughs> we have the technology. Whether or not we're allowed to is another question. But, uh, um, let's, let's just hope that this match uses up United's season-long, season-wide uh, reservoir of luck. Oh, let's hope so. I, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? If this is their only lucky result. I can only, or maybe... hope, that, I can only hope that when Arsenal rock around to Manchester United, they play like this. Because holy fuck, we'd have a field day. But then again, I, I said that uh, before the match against West Ham. And I was mm. like, oh my God, we were so fucking lucky to get out of here. I'm just like, because this, this is the thing, like I'm even like, trying to picture how our match is going to go later on the season. I'm just looking, if Adam, like I'm trying to do maths here, right? If Adam, <laughs> if Adam Lallana can walk through many United midfield of three, and if Thiago, Thiago will then own Manchester United. Like that's the, that's the only way. That's what the match is telling me. That's, that's what it's assuming, assuming he doesn't. He'll have Ed Woodward as a pet. Yeah. <laughs> he'll actually have yeah. He'll have nutmeg Ed Woodward in the stand and still been able to make the pass to Hendo or something. I don't know. Ed Woodward we'll, buy the ball or something like that. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just there looking at Thiago. Can we buy him? You had a chance six fucking months ago. You didn't even hear of him. They got up anyway. a pocket change, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so our top three then starts with the three all draw. See what I did there? Ooh. In the incident known as West Brom Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm so fucking happy I can say that now about Chelsea. West Brom three, Chelsea three. What a fucking fun game this was. And lads, let this be no disillusion. West Brom should have won this game easy. Very much so. Um, Chelsea showing showing what a team can really do after they spunk 200 million down on a fucking transfer window. Mm. And you know what the great irony is? Yeah. All the three goals that scored were all the players that started from the last season. And they were all, all the, the ones that were replaced. All the, three, the, three players, <laughs> the three players that are all going to replace, yeah. I know, it's so beautiful. Mount's going to be replaced. Hudson O'Doy is going to be gone. And Tammy Abraham, he's going to be gone. This is fucking oh. like... 
it's all it, too beautiful. It, it was it's the match so that beautiful. perfectly, perfectly showed up just how absolutely useless all the money they spent mm. <laughs> has been. And uh, yeah. I, like, I'm really annoyed that, like, you know, most times if like a big club like a Chelsea, you know, went three nil down at halftime to newly promoted West Brom. Like, everyone be like, sack the manager, sack the manager. Instead, it was like, what did Frank Lampard say to his team to rally them against the mighty West Brom? And it's like, he told them to cop the fuck on and play like the players that they were being paid to be. Like, there is no managing to that. There is fucking, oh, it's just so annoying how much he gets away with as being a shit manager. He's so mm. terrible as a manager, like, yeah. And it's it's just funnily enough, actually. You're talking there about people talking about goalkeepers. It's mad that they don't look into goalkeepers' records under Frank Lampard, because none of them are any good. No, actually, <laughs> you're, you're actually right with that, yeah. Because yeah, like, you go the Derby, to... Derby yeah. wasn't great either. You're right. You know? yeah. And um, but uh, like the thing is, like, the excuses that he comes out with afterwards, he's like, "Oh, you can't legislate for mistakes or any of that type of shit." I was like, "What? These aren't mistakes." I'm like. Like oh Thiago made a mistake, uh, you know. So we'll give him that on his first game. I was like, what? Why are you giving him that on his first game? The man's a fucking the man's the most seasoned, probably one of the most seasoned players in the entire fucking league, mm-hmm. if not on the planet now in world football. Why is he making mistakes like that? Yeah, like it's one hundred percent a coaching issue. One hundred yeah. fucking percent a coaching yeah. issue. Yeah, no, I completely agree with And he cannot. He, he's got a really, really weird relationship with goalkeepers. Now, don't get me wrong. Kepa is bad. He is actually quite mm. a bad keeper. But um, fuck me, is he being coached wrong? And the defense is not helping him out. Like he's, they're, they're shipping an awful lot of near point blank shots. That yeah. he's just no chance of saving. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm even trying to think like, what is, what is Lampard looking for in a center back? Because again, the most baffling story coming out of all the players are trying to, trying to, leave, to let go to reduce their squad size. Like, okay, Loftus-Cheek, baffling. Why are you doing that? Fucking Barkley, fair enough, he's a bit wank. But probably because he can't get rid of Danny Drinkwater, who's still ridiculously at the club. Um, and then you have Hudson-Odoi, he's probably going to Bayern. You have, like, Giroud might be on the way out as well, because he's now four choice at this rate, which is nonsense. <laughs> come home, Giroud, come home. To get Bert rid of Lacazette and take Giroud <laughs> back, like, like that. That isn't, like, like, such a good idea. And the club should do that. I should message Mikel Arteta right now. Do yeah, give him drop him a message there. Yeah, DM slide into his DMs there, <laughs> see what happens. But the but the thing is like much to your point, like he's kind of the opposite of like Lampard, I should say, is kind of the opposite of Mourinho. Where Mourinho famously never coached his attack because he wants his attack to basically gel together and like make their own like moves. Hence why like for years Drogba was so good because he was just an improviser. He was able to do things on the fly and everyone just followed his way. And then suddenly when he was gone with the likes of Shevchenko and Torres who like, te- like forwards that actually needed coaching, you know, didn't really work out. But I think Lampard is weirdly the opposite where like he wants to focus so much on the, on the top half of the team get them to gel together, get them to start like doing all this interplay and focus on two midfielders when really you need another one in there to make this work. But the back four, no, they'll fix themselves. That's fine. Like we can, we can get Kurt Zuma and Andres Christensen to, to communicate and Rudiger, who is arguably our best centre back. Yeah, he can go to Spurs on loan. That's fine. We don't need him. We don't need him. We've got Thiago Silva now. Exactly. We'll hire in Thiago who doesn't speak English. Excellent. With Andres Christensen, who's Danish and Kurt Zuma, who speaks French. 
and Fikari Tomori, who speaks fan. Like, it's not going to work. Like, it's not going to work. It's, no, but what's funny is, is that, like, as he spends so much of his time coaching his attack or focusing on his attack, they're absolute garbage. Yeah. You know, so the wasteful up front and absolute atrocious at the back. Are you going, mm. this is £220 million, which, by the way, is more money than they spent when Abramovich first took over. Indeed. Um, even accounting, like, adjusted for inflation, he has actually spent more money in this transfer window than he did when he first took over, and he went fucking mental. Um. Yeah, I'm mean, like, it's over with three games to go. There's no way this is going to gel. It's a fucking, it's a calamity. But Calamity Frank. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Ooh, calamity Frank. Calamity Frank. Again, another good title name. Fuck, Neil, you're on fire tonight. Um, <laughs> but West Brom, though. West Brom were actually quite good. I was really impressed with them. Like, Grant, a lot of it was Callum Robinson just, like, playing on the last man and doing it really, really well. But even the likes of, like, Pereira doing bits and, uh, and even, like, like okay, the defence is not great. I'll admit that they're just, they're just lacking a little bit of, the bit of quality in the team. But at least they do have, they seem to have a decent team spirit. They do seem to be organised and managed quite well. Even when like Chelsea were staged in the comeback, you can see Billage constantly communicate, constantly telling them what to do. And by and large, they should have won this game. It was just like perhaps bad fortune in the end that yeah, they conceded well, so late on. They only, yeah, they only wound up with like three shots on target. So mm. like. They are a bit unfortunate. They were. It was also helped out by Chelsea just not playing to their good game plan. Like yeah. when they were, they brought Giroud on, and I thought, oh, this is it. Like you know, West Brom are fucked because there's no way they're going to be able to deal with Giroud. Giroud's going to take that back line and fucking mesmerise it. Um, As a tradition. Then, like having brought on Giroud, they then Chelsea decided, no, we're not going to throw on. We're not going to like sling in any crosses. They kept the ball on the ground. It was one touch bullshit. It was good. What are you doing? Why did you put Giroud on? He's, he's, you're not going to hit the ball to him, you fucking idiots. You, what are you doing? You fucking love this. Like, across. Swinging across. That's what he's there for. He's huge. Mm. He's big. He can move and he can shrug <laughs> people off. Yeah. At the very least, he'll head it down for one of your nippier players to fucking slam it in. Do fucking t- they didn't. It was unbelievable. They didn't. They threw on the target. Man. They drew on the target man and didn't play to the target. Yeah. Is, is there a more inconsistent player than Mason Mount? There's, there's a lot like Mount is a weird one where like he has to have the space to work Mount, Mount can't invent space he needs to be able to like play in a pocket he can't make a pocket like say Firmino for example or isn't that why um, they bought Havertz because Havertz can do that yeah like Havertz has the kind of the also like vision and also is 6 foot 2 so he, he's, he has a he's, a, he's basically like a, a combination of like bulk and, phys- and, like, and finesse in theory but then this is a Bayer Leverkusen team back then. He used to hammer things back to Havertz all the time. Mm. You see, he was the one and only focal point of that team. And in a sense, like used to play false nine for Leverkusen at the time because mo- all their strikers went off injured. The problem is now he's playing like, he's playing in a position that doesn't suit him now because Lampard's trying to make his system work more. When clearly what you all need to do is have two white players run into Werner and Havertz cleans up. That's easy. That's the easy part. If you're fucking up the easy part, how can you expect him to, to get the hard part, which is your defenders? Again, like, Chelsea fans that could listen to this might think we're, like, dramatising the situation. No, no. Watch the League Cup game between yourselves and Spurs, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. There was nothing in that game whatsoever, and that was against a turgid Spurs side. Yeah, absolutely terrible. It, it's just a lot of this Chelsea team, particularly in defence and central midfield, are just breaking down. Mm. Uh, you know, Kante's, you know, he's brilliant, but his heroics can't last forever. Yeah. And him and Kovacic have to run, have to do a lot of the running to make up for the defenders not doing any running. Yeah. And that, that's going to just end, man. Yeah, and, it is, eventually. You know, after we signed Jorginho, 
I mean, it's gonna be spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a weird fit. I don't. That doesn't look right. Like uh, Jorginho and Arsenal right. colors. It doesn't look it, right. No. It doesn't feel happen. right. It doesn't no. feel right. I don't want it to happen. I absolutely don't want it to happen. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. So it's going to happen. <laughs> good, old, good old Arsenal. Oh, yes, that's it. Typical Arsenal. They always try and walk it in. Um, absolutely. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, second on our billing is Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. Uh, this is a fucking fun game, lads, wasn't it? Like, this is exactly what I wanted Liverpool Arsenal to be. Like, no? Nah, not really. Uh, well, obviously, obviously for you, you're happy. But like, um, while I don't think we could have gone on and won three one ourselves, mm. um, I do think the game was kind of pushed in your favour by Mane not getting sent off. <laughs> yeah, he got. He did, admittedly, he got away with that. Yeah, he I, fully I love, connect with his head. Like, yeah, that's why. And uh, if Tierney had been a wee bit shorter or had ducked his head or if Manny's arm had been just like an inch higher or something like that, he mm. walks. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you on that one. He did get away with that. Yeah. No, but like, I absolutely love Manny as a player. Like, I think he's absolutely one of the best mm. players the Premiership has ever had. And that's mm. saying something. Yeah. Um, but that, like, he just seemed like extra, extra aggro. Um, like, I don't know what was up his arse. He just wanted to hit people. It was weird. He came out of like, up at the beginning. The yeah. thing was, like, he did that to Tierney and he did it to Bellerin then, like, a minute later. And I was like, if he hadn't gone for Tierney, which, like, yeah, it's kind of an orange card. I've now I've seen that bandied about a mm. bit as a term. Where, it, like, yeah, one ref is going to give it us red, one ref is going to give it us yellow. If yeah. it's in the FAWSL, you might get a stern talking to. Um, <laughs> but, it's a man's game, WSL. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like uh, he, uh, but like definitely should have gone for the second one. Then, like you know, one minute later, mm. and I do think it was because it happened so early in the match that he actually got away with it. Because like I've seen some fucking horrendous tackles go in in the opening few minutes of a match, and like, and this is just at my own league level. But like, and the ref just waves on. And is like, oh. I haven't switched on my brain yet. I'm not. Mm. I haven't opened up my rule book in my head yet. Yeah, we'll just let it go. It's like two foot a tackle that like sent someone flipping over onto their head, which <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the force was so much, and it's like don't even get a warning. It's just like I'll be grand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like um, not like obviously Mane got the goal, and it was a fucking wonder goal, mm. but. I do feel that we might have had more of a chance of winning if we had, or competing more evenly, even if Mane wasn't there. And I know, like, every team would say that if Mane wasn't on the pitch, we would have had a chance. But there was an legitimate reason for me wanting Mane off the pitch. Yeah, I get <laughs> that. Get, I get that. Yeah. If you get me, like, I don't think we were absolutely dire. I think the Jota goal at the end was just us kind of like we were wrecked tired from all the defending, but I do think mm. the defending that we did was good. Yeah, holding was actually quite very decent. He sniffed, he sniffed, uh, snuffed out. Uh, I, he snuffed this out whole quite hate against holding, this yeah. hate against holding, like I. That's because I, I, Chambers isn't on the on the pitch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You have to hate on someone. Like Jonathan might not be aware of like the Arsenal kind of fans 
kind of Twitter where they're like so against holding. And Twitter victimizing the player. I've never heard of that before, Neko Williams. Um, but like holding is kind of like being lambasted for not being a great passer of the ball. He's not been. I was like, I really like holding. Mm. I think he. I think he's a very solid defender. I, yeah, his long passing mightn't be great, but his short pass or his short passing isn't great. But his long passing isn't actually bad, and he's got the physicality that the likes of um, maybe Gabrielle has, but none of the others would. Like Mustafi wouldn't have that. Louise yeah. would have physicality in the fact that he would trip you up. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> whereas Holding has that kind of physicality in that non-fouling giving away a penalty mm. way. Um, I say that now, he's definitely going to give away like a penalty at the weekend. But like, um, mm. he, no, like, I Holding had, obviously was rusty coming back from his ACL and obviously that like hits home. Yeah. And like, no, he needs time. He needs game time, first of all, to get back to his best. And I think he's he's not there yet, but he's on his way to being at his best. And I think he did really well. Him versus Mane was, like, Mane is going to beat most defenders most mm. of the time. But Mane didn't beat him most of the time. He bet him a few times, but not most of the time. And I think that was a really good matchup. And I yeah, think well, he did really well. Yeah, exactly. And the goals didn't come from Mane toasting holding anyway. Yeah. Um, Robertson's goal came from William just not tracking him. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Mane's own goal, his his goal, um, what, again, wasn't from him scorching past holding and fucking, it was just a brilliant fucking wonderfully hit goal. And, yeah. you know, and Jota's goal as well was just like the fucking whole teams is basically capitulated and went, oh, for fuck, you know, we're not doing anything in this. Mm. Um. And also, like, you know, if Aubameyang had taken that brilliant one-on-one chance when it was 2-1, you know. It's funny you should talk about the, the Holden thing because, like, yeah, I'd agree in that sense that he is, like, one of your better defenders, perhaps in your top three. And again, it's, it's, I, I don't understand the criticism of, like, We've only got passing. four of them. Yeah, that's fair. We got uh, and, and Saliba out on loan. Yeah. Smashing idea. <laughs> smashing idea, lads. But the thing is, like, um, like it's always a horses for courses thing with centre backs, I always find. So when people say like, oh, is the is 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 a uh, passing isn't that good as a centre back, it's like sorry, you do realise they're going to be defenders, right? Not every defender is going to be Virgil van Dijk and playing like a quarterback. That's not how this works. Not every team can have overlapping centre-backs like Sheffield. It is a case of like, you're playing a back three, those back three defenders are going to behave differently. They're all going to have different roles in that system. That's why a back three works. Look at the, look at the Chelsea team that Antonio Conte won the championship with. The reason that was so successful was because David Luiz had no responsibility in that back three. He literally just had to lump it away and kick things and he was successful. You know what I mean? So with Rob Holding, like he's essentially in that position where he can just use his physicality, lump it away, clear balls, because that's what the battery is designed for. It's to use your like is you use your defenders to your advantage. Whatever could, could neat thing they can do, use that as part of your tactics, and then that's what keeps gets the teams going. That's why batteries always play from the back, because you have the numbers advantage, use it. And the reason I say that is because that's how we beat you last night on Monday night. We 
tactically went back to the high press, which is something we haven't done for a fucking long time. Like that was no, old school pressed, Liverpool. You've pre- you, yeah, you've, you've pressed like I've now. Ne- I've it's been a while because we're talking during a match, and I was like, I've mm. never seen Liverpool press like this before. Like it's been a while since yeah. pressed like this. Like it, it was like holy shit, and ed- every single little, even there was a slight dip in the Liverpool running or the Liverpool energy, you could mm. actually just hear Klopp on the sideline fucking screaming at people. Yeah, you yeah. And, and the reason is, like, that actually worked. Because, again, we were talking last week about how Arsenal were one of those teams that seemed to have sussed Liverpool's tactics out. And, well, Thiago was going to be the, the plan A for that, had he not got the plague, unfortunately. But the plan B was to go back to what worked, which was the heavy metal football. Arsenal don't like it when you press them. And that's been an historical fact for a long time. <laughs> It has been an historical fact, but the thing is that we're passing out from the back and what Arteta's done to the team. Mm. He, he's kind of, he's coached the team. Like, we passed out from the back and there's kind of no real point in doing it. But mm. the thing is, is passing out from the back is one of the best ways of beating the press. Because if you beat the press going out from the back, yes. you've got acres of space to fucking run into. And, and that did work. And that worked. Work. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it was just a, a, quali- a quality mismatch Yeah. Um, in terms of, in terms of th- that match mm. and um you know no i, I rec- like i thought we gave a good account of ourselves and um yeah it wasn't the fucking slaughter fest i was i had a fear it was could have been yeah the yeah. way i saw it was it was two good teams giving themselves on a match yeah that's what it was like it's it's one of those matches where again like i do think arsenal can be fine this year based on their competition at the moment because let's face it their only competition right now is fucking Leicester and everton and they're going to drop off at some point as well so like if if the teams behind them like this the Manchester clubs and Chelsea okay, you undercut our sub- <laughs> Carlo Ancelotti's Everton on the way Carlo last Ancelotti's inevitable the golden Dan- toppies Santos like march to the fucking Premier League <laughs> but the thing is like, like he'll just click his fingers and half the league will disappear you know <laughs> But the thing is, like, eventually, like, like that, that team will will be fine. Like, you can tell that. You can, like, I, f- I feel more confident in Arsenal than they did, like, facing Chelsea in the end because, uh, sorry, the other way around. Because in the end, like, the Chelsea team really did show that they didn't have much going on for them. And they were tactically set up wrong. You know, that's why we were able to, like, why Henderson was able to play a straight pass through the midfield to Mane and got someone sent off. Like, okay, wasn't necessarily a tactic, but it was a weakness and we exploited it. Likewise, our best solution to beat Arsenal was to go back to what worked four or five years ago before when fucking Brendan Rodgers was there doing it. Like, that was his idea to do the high press. So, like, in the end, the club just made that so much more better with better personnel. And as you can see, like, at the time, we would have had only Mane and someone else doing it. Now we have five players doing it. That's terrifying as a high press. So, yeah, like, we, we, of course we did it good. In the end, though, he's got your heat back in the end with the, with the League Cup goal. So uh, that's something at least, you know. Um, that's, that was something to be accomplished of. Did you, in, did you enjoy the penalty shootout in the end? Because that's what it was. I enjoyed Maitland Niles' penalty. Uh, that was good. Didn't. I like that. I like that. Arteta <laughs> didn't. Um, Arteta said he was going to have a heart attack. Oh, uh, stop. With Maitland Niles' walk. I mean, the amount of the, the amount, that's almost damn near gone viral. Like, people mm. are like, does that guy even have a pulse? Like, the thing was, the, the thing with I that was, Wright, I think I love Wright. Ian Wright did a did a, a cover of it, for lack of a better term, mm. and it's just him kind of just sauntering down the train carriage and just going to swinging his leg. Is fuck it. <laughs> My favorite part about that was that Adrian like has a terrible reputation in penalty shootouts for being a shithead. 
Like, I genuinely didn't think he, it's a reason we signed him. He was fucking uh, smack talking everybody. That's he why was laughing at him. Yeah. yeah. He's going like, your mom's got a pair of wooden tits. Your mom's got a pair of wooden tits. Oh, go fuck. As you're <laughs> Although, no, fairness, it must work as you're running up to a penalty to hear somebody scream at you. Your dad sells Avon. <laughs> it does work. It does work. <laughs> I've read that somewhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it's fine. We're not going to lose sleep over the Carabao Cup. It's your problem now. <laughs> so no, it's our like, city now. Thor City, yeah. Ivy Grant, they're fucking nothing. Speaking of... Our top match tonight, lads, is Man City 2, Leicester 5. Oh, God. Oh, oh lads. So, there was I was a game the... that epitomised, you love to see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You love to concede it, lads. Fucking hell. Um, I was recording something during that match, and I was thinking, like, I even messaged you guys during it. Was that, like, before I started, it was like, oh, Maris has scored. Fuck's sake, Leicester. Do something. And then, like, fuck me, what a goal. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Holy shit. He absolutely arrowed that into the fucking top corner. Like, mm. dear Christ, that if he hit that ball any fucking faster, it'd have gone back in time. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, That's the thing. Um, but Jesus, lads, like, Man City yeah, defending. Yeah. What's happening? Vardy smelled the wicked and was just like, I'm going for that. It's not the blue jerseys. Blue yeah. jersey's the same shade as the blue wicked and just went like <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody put uh, put a few caffeine pills into his midnight port. Yeah, naturally. Uh, he's he's forty seven now, Neil. He has to get something to keep him going. Like. Ridiculous. Um, um, but in all fairness, I have yeah. to admit, like his backheel finish was fucking sublime. Oh, oh. Styling on Man City of all teams, fucking hell. That's it. And fucking Madison's goal as well. I was like, holy yeah. shit. He's Everything about that was great. There's Everything so many it. great goals in this fucking game. Like, I was like, god damn it. Get in there. Get the fuck yeah. in. Such great goals and, then, and such terrible, terrible defending. Yeah, they're shit. I mean, when you're, like, start, you're starting off against Leicester, so you're basically fielding Jamie Vardy and Madison against a 19-year-old defender wearing a scrum cap because <laughs> he's too scared because he's afraid that it'll happen again yeah most people don't respect you know rugby players who wear scrum caps let alone <laughs> <laughs> soccer players and um you know and nathan ake alongside him so mm. like, uh, I, don't, I don't i don't understand um, yeah it, like it like watching the defending of man city was just like it is like car crash defending. Like you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, I can't keep my eyes off this shit show. Oh my God. But I want to turn um, away. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't want to look at this, but I also have to keep looking. Um, no, like it was just like stupid, stupid defending. Like stuff that like schoolboy league stuff defending was just, mm. it was just shocking. They're so but, terribly bad at defending that simple high ball over the top. Like, High ball over the top and then a man running past their shoulder. Like on the shoulder of the last defender. How like that is the first thing you'd learn as a def- as a centre back is how to control that, how to well, deal with it. Never that. let the guy get goal side of you. That was yeah. it. The whole it point was. was just the ball over the top with the guy getting goal side of him. I was like, What the fuck, lads? Like how like <laughs> how do you keep falling for this? Like stop doing this, you fucking idiots. Like Oh, it's biz- it's it's so bizarre. This is a team. That's like how what four hundred million pounds in worth over the last def- defenders year, over the last four years in defenders. Yeah, four hundred million. That's embarrassing. Uh, That's embarrassing. 
when like probably recalling the ghost of Vincent Company is your best option as a defender, you know you're in shit. I genuinely think they're going to try and offer, they're going to try submit a transfer bid for Stuart Pierce. I think that's how desperate they are now at this point. <laughs> that is literally their last gasp. Like, okay, they've got Ruben Diaz, who, Burkball, you're a Benfica fan. You might know a bit about him, but surely one, te- one player is not going to solve this problem. I, and, I, and, I, and I don't think that's going to solve it. Like, I think, he, <laughs> I think he's a... Uh, the Portuguese league has taken such a fucking dive. Um, yeah. Like, the standards are, like... I would say championship standard. Um, like I do think it's actually taken that much of a nosedive. Um, it, it's not fun to watch, um, no. especially as a Benfica supporter. Uh, well, like I'm a part-time Benfica supporter. Um, but it's not. It's not pretty football. It's not sophisticated football. So maybe mm. that's what Manchester City need. But like. Holy shit! I do not think he's the answer to all their problems. I'm quite surprised that they fucking <laughs> that uh, Benfica managed to get sixty-two fucking million for him. I was like, holy! Oh, shit. they are so strapped for cash that they probably like. Mm. <laughs> they probably have sold him for half that. Yeah, they probably would have, but like knowing it's Man City and knowing how desperate they are for defenders, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. Like okay, like a lot of a lot has been made about like the supposed the injury crisis that Man City has, and and to be clear, I have no sympathy for a team that spent so much money on players who they really should know by now have fitness problems. So when they're there, like scratching their heads at Benjamin Mendy having his third fucking hamstring this like explosion in three years, going, how could this have happened? This didn't happen at Leon. Yes, it did. It did twice. You still sign him as a result. And then looking at like Fernandine, like Kevin De Bruyne having his like annual groin uh, injury or Sergio Aguero having his annual foot injury going like, I just don't understand what's happening. We're like, we've used, we've tried money and that's the only thing I'm good at. You know? (laughs) We've spent it all and it's out of ideas. Like, Mm. (laughs) But this is problems of their own doing. Like they have, they have signed nothing but precocious, beautiful, like uh, fancy players. And then realize, oh shit, we have no strikers. You know, like they, they sold off any third strikers they have, and now they're relying on Liam Delap, who by all accounts could be a very good talent, but he's not Man City's level at this point and may not ever be. It's hard to tell. It, that's a lot of pressure to put on a 17 year old player working on the Guardiola system, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing about the reason why the, like all of the defensive buying isn't working is because defensive, the B. Defense, unlike attack, isn't an individual effort. It's a collective one. Yes. So you can sign all the individual brilliant fucking defenders that you want, but if they can't operate collectively, then all you've got are basically very, 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 very expensive training cones. Mm. Like I've no doubt maybe Mangala is a fantastic fucking team defender, but they couldn't get him to defend as part of that team. And ergo, he was garbage. Mm. Is they still have Zinchenko on that fucking books. Like, well, they are trying to get rid of him so they can sign Tagliafico, but he won't leave. Yeah, he's like yeah. a gangrelous limb that <laughs> still clings on. Like, <laughs> but again, how does a team like Man City still have trouble at something like left back? They've literally signed a left back every year for the last four years. They've made They've not been they... able to replace Clichy, which is so bizarre to say that. Yeah. Isn't that weird to say that they've never been able? They haven't replaced Clichy. That's like saying, yeah. oh, I haven't been able to replace Alex Song. He was such a pivotal part of my team, Alex <laughs> Song. 
Demba Ba, he was a crucial part of that team. Oh, well, Jesus, I miss him. Papa Cisse, oh, we never able to replace him. Like, you know, what the fuck, lads? You know? but it's, mad that they, it's mad that they spent so much cash on Diaz when for, like, a good bit less than that, they could have got Kuvali. I don't understand yeah. why they didn't go for Kuvali. Like, well, where well, Yeah, just pick, pick a defender who knows how to defend in the Premier League. What was wrong with Tarkovsky? What was wrong with fucking Soyuncu? What was wrong with any other like defender from a genuinely good like Premier League team? Was Connor Cody not available? Was fucking like was one of the center, center, center Sheffield United centre backs unavailable? Granted, but not even that. But like, I'm like, like fucking Pep needs to go back to La Liga, go back to the Spanish league. Mm. You, you're telling me that with all their money, they couldn't have gotten Jose Jimenez off Atletico Madrid? I guarantee he said no. I guarantee he said no. I guarantee like, that. Yeah, money, I think so. Money, money changes a no one to a yes pretty fucking easily. And let's face it, Man City have all of it. They do have all of it. But at the same time, like this is, for what me, very... Uh, what about uh, that uh, shit-hot Sevilla defender? Conde? Can they? Oh, Conde. No, they had an offer turned down for him. Fucking hell. Like, like they said, there's teams saying no to Man City now because they don't have as much pull as they used to be. Well, that's not even as much pull. It's like, just off the fucking cash, man. Mm. The money. Yeah. You're telling me they refused, they turned down 62 million for Conde? Apparently so. Sevilla? Apparently so. I don't think they offered that. Well, probably I didn't. Think, yeah. They probably lowballed. I, think, I think they went They went for people like that. They went for, they went, I mean, like, as much as they say that they didn't, I, I guarantee Akubali was their number one target. Yes. Um, But no, they all got shot down. And then, mm. like, you know, last minute fucking trolley dash. All right then. Yeah. <laughs> like, they went around to Benfica and went, how much. How, what number would like make this not an issue for us? And Pepe went six two. <laughs> six two. We can throw in. Like oh my god. Six two. Sixty two, and we can throw in off to Mendy. Okay, make that fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we bad to the cash. Yeah. Oh boy. We could build. We could build a player out of the money, and it would be better than him. Yes, exactly, exactly. So yeah, there we have it. Like that's the, that that was the Premier League that was. Um, I thoroughly look forward to the next chapter in this like remarkable fucking like yeah, season. Yeah, I, I love Rose. watching City make absolute shite out of my prediction that they'd win this. And yeah. who do we have next? Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds. Oh. oh, that's gonna be good. The Master versus the Apprentice, but actually- Patrick Bamford nutmegging Ederson. I oh, did you, call, did you call him Hattrick Bamford? I can call him Hattrick Bamford. That's another very good title for this podcast, Neil. You son of a fucking... Stop doing that. Hey, you are on Bamford. it. You're saving these up, man. You're saving these up over the week, man. I need to get one of those fucking Elgato stream decks. decks Fire alert. Love it. Love it. It's funny you should mention Fire Neil because it's a gimmick for my next round. We're going to talk about the Champions League draw in our return to Eurovision. Please stand up for national anthem. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> that was the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell these lads don't want, listen to the podcast routinely because this is all new to them. I love it. <laughs> so. Uh, Eurovision is where we talk about the Champions League, Europa League, and everything in between. And uh, as has happened this week, uh, we've had our group stage draw, which is, as we all know, when the Champions League actually starts mattering. But, Neil, I understand you are a very fan, very big fan of spicy foods. 
Yes. So I am going to ask all three of us to uh, judge the uh, groups on how spicy they are. Because I'm sure you'll agree there are indeed some very, very spicy groups this season. So uh, starting off, as we should do with Group A, uh, that involves the uh, champions themselves, Bayern Munich. Uh, They have been drawn with Atletico Madrid, Red Bull Salzburg, and Lokomotiv Moscow. So... Honestly, so we're gonna do like what, 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 like Neil, you're the expert here. Will we go for like a five, five alarm chili, or will we go further than that? Um, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's that as a scale, we're going like like zero to five. Uh, yeah, five close, zero to five, man. You know, where five mm. is like you know you're leaking out of your arse. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna go for something in the middle. I think Munich Atletico is gonna be great fucking crack. Yeah, there's, um, there's really only two teams in that kind of in that group. I, w- I wouldn't throw off Salzburg that easy. I really, really wouldn't. Yeah. Salzburg uh, are the kind of team that would really make Munich look stupid if Munich aren't at it. I'm gonna go two and a half chilies. Two and a half chilies. Ooh, I was gonna go three chilies. Nah, I was gonna go with the two. I, again, I only think there's two teams in that. Okay, so we're at, we're at two and a half chilies for Group A. Um, I look at Moscow. You're indeed there. <laughs> and moving on then. Jeez, <laughs> uh, there's like three Russian teams in the Champions League this year. They're on a comeback, lads. It's like fucking all the oil money's back again, would you believe? Um, here's another one. Group B then uh, involves the uh, champions of Spain, Real Madrid, the champions of Ukraine, Shep Dardanetsk, uh, the uh, runners up, if you like, in the Europa League, Inter Milan, and uh, token Bundesliga side, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, not as spicy, I, think- I think. I don't think like it's going to be like stellar spicy as in like this is going to be like a mild burning that keeps going for longer. A sweeter so, like, chili perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Um, like this would be like you're hot on the Nando scale. Yeah. Kind of spice, which isn't, you know. Your mom's not. Your mom's hot. Like that's enough oh, yeah, for her. That's too much now. I know. <laughs> Irish mammy. Just yeah. dipping the fingers in the lemon like oh. I'm only giving this one and a half. Um, I was going to go. I was going to go one and a half as well. Yeah, I only see. I was going to go two. So yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll go one and a half with that then. And I was kind of going the same with this one as well. Group C, which is uh, Porto. Yeah, no, this is like this is like your like lemon mild. Yeah, Yeah, this is it. So Porto, Man City, Marseille, managed by one Mister Andre Villas Boas, by the way. And yeah. Olympiacos. Um, again, a lot of blue chipper teams, it's just a shame Man City's in it. Yeah. <laughs> then it would be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I got, I'm going to give this like a ch- one chili. That's one. It. One. One. Yeah, one chili. And um, now, lads, now, lads, now, lads. This is where it gets interesting, right? I fucking love our group. Like, un- no word of like, I don't care if we finish bottom of it. I am just going to have so much fun watching it. We have Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta and FC Michelin from Denmark. Fun fact, by the way, there is connected. Man and Barnacle Boy. <laughs> there is a there, there is connective tissue between all four of these clubs. Our throw-in coach works for all four clubs. <gasps> he is Rory, the, the last wet dream of a group. I know. Like this, like FC Michelin was where he came from first. Then he went to Ajax. Did some job in Atalanta, and now we have him. We've literally charted his career like a fucking LinkedIn profile. Nice. Now, lads, I, I, I'm sure you'll, you might either agree or disagree on this, but I am giving this a lot of fucking spice 
This I'm is giving this no spice, man. You're the only team in this. Oh, don't say that, Neil. They're going to be fun team. games. I, I do not see you. I do not see anything other than you absolutely steamrollering every single one of these motherfuckers. Maybe, but it's going to be fun to do so. Maybe. For you. Uh, yeah, I'll have fun. Maybe Atalanta. Uh, maybe Atalanta will put up a thing because they've only lost like, you know, two or three players after nearly putting out PSG. Mm. I was expecting them to be fucking pillaged. But um, it didn't happen. Uh, so maybe them. But, um, okay. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anything got a, a full... Well, it's, you play each of them twice, yeah? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't see anything other than the full eighteen for Liverpool. I really don't. Again, I, I, I hope you're right, but like it's, it's very reminiscent of last year's group where we thought we saw like Napoli, Salzburg, and Genk, and went, "Honestly, just grand." And then each match was like five, three, two, one. Why are we losing to Genk? What the fuck is happening? And he realized, oh wait, there's actually like we're we're meeting Holland and Minamino when they're just breaking out, and we're meeting like Genk players like Berge and Samata before they're breaking out. So we're like. It seems like they're the teams like they were under the radar. These yeah, are teams you know get, about. You're not get players like that at Michelin. No, not well. No, actually, in fairness, they, there's there's apparently a lot of like very fast, like ridiculously athletic players at Michelin. The Danish no, league is apparently resurgent. Pillaged, right? They've lost De Jong. Mm. They've lost Van de Beek. They've lost Zayek. Yeah. Um. They've lost another D. They've lost Dest. Dest went to Barca today. Dest went to Barca. A delight as well. Oh. Delight. <laughs> and his key POPs. <laughs> oh, Barca lads, stop doing that. Stop getting them to do that. They're, they're fucking up every single time. That's embarrassing. Oh, it's so funny. It, it, it's quite interesting to see somebody try keep you up and miss the ball. You know, like we were all <laughs> trying to get... You're a like professional footballer. You can't literally hold on to the ball for two seconds. Uh, you, could, you couldn't even, like, drag it back. Like, you couldn't put his foot yeah. on the ball and have the ball come closer to him. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this group, this group is getting a two and a half from me. Ah, two and it's getting a, a one from me because I, I just see a fucking Liverpool dominance. I see he's winning the first four games, securing top, and then playing the kids afterwards. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to give this four and a half, so I think that balances out there. <laughs> fucking hell! I know, honestly, I think the matches are going to be really, really so fun. Biased. I'm not. I am biased, but I want to see these matches. I think they're going to be really fun, even yeah, if they are the people team. To them. You're a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, they're going to be great. <laughs> I said this last season. I want to face Atalanta. They look like fucking great fun. Like this is this is my ideal group, right? Maybe not Michelin, but yeah, this is what I wanted to see in the Champions League. So what we have, what we have that then. So we have like six, seven. We'll get. We'll take it as three, three chilies then altogether, like as an average. Yeah. Um, so now, if you want a four and a half fucking chili, get a group. Group E, the next one coming up. Mm, yes, yes, Four that teams. is true. Four teams, all of them so ridiculously top-heavy that defense is just something that happens to the other guy. Indeed, indeed. So we've got, <laughs> we've got Sevilla, we've got Chelsea, Krasnodar from the arsehole of Russia, unfortunately, and Stad Ren, who, uh, despite their name, is actually quite good. They're yeah. decent. Third, they're third, team. third in France last season, third in Ligue 1 last season. Yeah. But, uh, like, no, this is, like, the top-heavy fucking group, like, these mm. four teams, like defense, is something you put around a garden. Uh, <laughs> just ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, this is it. This is going to be pure out, all out gunfights. And as we know, Chelsea are shy at that. Mm. Um, maybe the Champions League will bring, bring something out of like Werner and et al. But could do, it. could do. Well, it could I, do. Yeah. If they're going up to that level and they've got to up their game to be at that level, then yeah, maybe we're going to see a bit of a difference there. But yeah, I think this is a three and a half, four chili. 
I was going to say three and a half, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, three and a half. I've had their defence pillaged. Uh, I think Regulion, they've lost to yeah. Spurs. Um, and Benega as well. Benega, yeah. Why did they let go of him, man? Fucking shame, shame. They've lost somebody else as well. I can't remember who. Mm. Fucking, yeah, this is going to be, that. it's going to be a gunfight. It's going to be yeah. hilarious. I, I, like, I like Group F as well, lads. I'm not going to lie. Dejan Lovren, Zenit St. Petersburg, going up against Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, and Club Bruges. That's, gonna, that's another that's spice, spice as well. That's, that's spice. That's a, that's a, I think that's your five-alarm chili right there. Oh, what? Oh, I don't know. I, I was oh. going to give... You were going to give it to Group G, weren't you? You fucking... No. I was going to give... No? I was no. going to give to hate. Yeah, same, same. Uh, I was going to give this four chilies, to be honest, because Dortmund and Lazio... Is like is to somebody to some Guardian journalist is footballing porn, like someone who just watches both Germany and Italy religiously are just going like yes please now just in my veins. Fairness, absolutely. I mean, like, you're gonna ha- you're gonna it's gonna be great um, watching uh, the UNA steamroller mm. everybody. Um, yes, of course you mean Chiro Mobile there, but fair enough. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it depends on how many penalties he gets. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> Scored something like 16 last season, didn't he? Yeah, it was half of his goals last season, yeah. Fuck. Mm. But in any case, um, yeah, they're, they're just a load of really, really beautiful but fragile squads. <laughs> Precocious <laughs> be, is the word. It's going to be brilliant. It's just going to be fucking great. It's yes. gonna be a, again, that's going to be another shootout. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was going to give this four shitties. I think, we're, are we all agreed on four? For yeah, them? yeah, yeah, four yeah, for yeah, that. Four shitties. Uh, group G then is uh, another top heavy group it has to be said Juventus and Barcelona uh, Dinamo Kiev and Ferencvaros from uh, okay. Hungary Okay so I want to just jump in here and say because of Juventus and Barcelona the mm. group is automatically going to get people drawn to it and people, it's going to get the you know Orti getting played you know mm. yep. um, but I actually think it's going to be a lot of shit Absolutely. and I'm going to say at most two chilies. Yeah, because uh, Barcelona are too busy. Like they're into the mid-season uh, lull of their telenovela. Mm. Um, <laughs> and also, funny enough, actually, oh, getting knocked out in the group stages would be like the pre-Christmas, like, um, <laughs> like well, yeah, finding out that the uncle did it, but actually not because he's got a twin. Also, funny enough, somebody picked, uh, pinged me a, t- um, a fact there. Apparently, it's the first time that Messi and Ronaldo will have played each other in the group stages of the matches. Yep. No, that's correct, yeah. That's absolutely true, yeah. And by all accounts, it's probably the last time they'll ever meet each other in a, on a football pitch, by all yeah, accounts. very much so. Last two so, times, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to give this a baseline three chilies. Like, Kiev and French Wales don't really add anything to this equation. Like the chili, the, the sauce is just on Juventus Barca and then qualifying automatically. One would hope. Um, yeah, it, it, so yeah. just which one is on top at the end of it? Mm, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm going to get them three chilies on that one. Now, lads, this is the spice. Group H. Yeah, yeah this is my five out of five. Yeah, mm. I, I reckon this. Yeah, this is four out of five. Oh, four, four and a half. This is like thirty-five bajillion on the Scoville scale. Yes, this is it. So you've got PSG, you've got Man United, you've got uh, Rascals Tokyo calling uh, Leipzig, uh, <laughs> Istanbul Bashakshi here, um, who are who are now the top team in Turkey, by the way. And you know why? Because they keep signing ex Premier League players. On their books, they have Demba Ba, uh, Gail Clichy, Nasser Chadli, oh, amongst God. others. Oh my God! And just last season, they had Emmanuel Adebayor playing for them as well. 
they are literally the fucking shadow realm of the Premier League. Um, but it's made them win trophies. They've, they've been successful doing it. So it's, it's bizarre. Um, so yeah, there is there is some spice here, lads. It had to be said. Like United are like destined to drop out of this group, for my, in my opinion. Absolutely. They're in with two, two of last year's semi-finalists. Mm. You yeah. know, um, disgustingly flavoured sugary drink Leipzig and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm like... Paris Saint-Germain are always kind of turning up. I'm mean, like, they're going to be fucking gunning it out. I mean, like, if anything, this will, the reason, one of the main reasons why I'll actually be kind of watching the games in this is because I want to see if the fucking horror show of going out in the final last season will actually put a bit of a fire under the PSG players. You know, mm. will it burn away that complacency? I don't think so. No, I'm I don't think so. I'm still going to watch to see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Like, that'll be interesting. We, we're going to have two, uh, like, matches of the... Like I suppose anti anti football club derby, like of um, mm. you know disgustingly flavored sugary <laughs> drink Leipzig, and you know anti human PSG. Can we call it the unethical the unethical derby, perhaps, or the immoral? Yeah, yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fair enough. It's a very immoral group overall. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna get them. The, I was gonna get them the five chilies. This is our five alarm. Yeah, this is you know yeah. you know it's a hell hellishly immoral group when out of the four teams it's Man U to have the high ground. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I'm I'm marking down four point five now. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I'm awesome. my mic. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll briefly touch on the Europa League then because that happened uh, today as of time of recording. Uh, Arsenal were drawn in Group B. Uh, some decent trips, these lads. Not too bad in the old travel aspect. I'm fucking uh, loving it. Travel wise, I'm fucking loving it. I yeah. Mean, I don't really. I'm well, not too fussed about the group stages, but it's brilliant. I'm fucking laughing. Right. Arsenal get done dark. <laughs> All right. I know you're going to watch it. I'm thinking oh. they're like, like Bowes, like the Bowes clubs, right? They're, they're not happy about the coronavirus, right? Nobody is in this scenario no. except maybe Jeff Bezos, and he's a cunt. <laughs> but um, Bowes must be fucking delighted. They get their windfall off the Matt Doherty deal, right? Mm-hmm. Sha- was it fucking Shamrock who got Inter Milan? TV, the TV money in Milan, yeah. Yeah. They miss out on having a full fucking stadium to because Cash if they got yeah, if yeah. they gotten a full they would have gotten a full packed house to see Salatan play fucking Shamrock Rovers. Mm. They miss out on that fucking windfall. And now Dundalk miss out on the windfall of having Arsenal. Like you could you would sell out the Aviva with that. Yeah, you would, yeah. Here's the thing with that, they have to play in the Aviva because that's the only yeah. stadium big enough for the Europa League group stages. Yeah, well, well Tala Stadium isn't big enough yet to do that. Yeah, well it hosted the final, so yeah, exactly. The worst so. on record. Um, <laughs> the worst one, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so, Don't yeah. So, I mean, they could have sold out the Aviva with this. It's going to be unbelievable. Like, Arsenal mm. are going to be playing Dundalk at the Aviva Stadium, which is, like, fucking only about an hour away from my house. Yeah. Um, I used to work across the road from it, and I won't be able to go fucking watch it. Well, in theory, UEFA have allowed that, like, if the country is, green, is, a, is a green light, let's say, then they'll allow 30% attendance. So, if, now, granted, Dublin will... People. That's 15,000 people, yeah. So, like, Dublin will not be at that stage to have that number of people in a stadium unless there is, like, unless they're doing that weird, this, like, the nifty fucking temperature scanners they had in Budapest, which is apparently what they're trying to do. So, we'll see. Um, the other groups then we'll, we'll quickly flick through. Rangers, Stephen Gerrard's Rangers, got tied in with Benfica, Standard Liege, and Nick Poznan. For me, lads, that's a, that's a group that Rangers could easily get out of. Like, you were talking there about Benfica being well depleted. Standard Liège, the Belgian league is not as good as it used to be. And Lech Poznan, 
like a tough Polish team, but like Rangers are a tough team in their own right. So I think they're well in with a shout there to qualify from that. Um, uh, who else we have then? Group G then is where Leicester, yeah, Leicester are living. We got Sporting Braga, AK Athens, and uh, Zoya Luhansk, who won the Ukrainian Cup last season. Um, so yeah, that's an easy group for them as well. Bit of travel involved in that, but uh, they'll be well capable of that really. Um, might even give them an excuse to buy some players uh, before Monday. Uh, group H then, group of fucking death lads. Check this out. We've got Celtic, Sparta Prague, AC Milan and Leo. Um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty spicy in fairness. That that's, is a, your yeah. one. that's your four chili one right there. Absolutely. And you know, realistically, I can see Celtic finishing bottom of that group. Like they'd be doing well to get out of that. <laughs> Celtic are so fucking shit. They They're so fucking bad. Fucking... Holy shit, like... So bad. Um, and then Spani Spurs group then, they were drawn in with uh, Ludogorets from Bulgaria, Las Klins from uh, Austria, and Royal Antwerp from Belgium. So not too bad for Spur- on a Spurs front travel-wise, but Bulgaria is a bit of a trek. So um, I suppose that's it could have been a lot worse. I was just saying earlier on that Villarreal's um, group is Karabag, um, Hapoel, Bersherva, and... Uh, oof. So they're they're going to they're going to like oh yeah and Sivaspor which is in Turkey so they're going to Azerbaijan, Israel and Turkey in God that damn. group. That's that's cruel. That is fucking cruel. But hey, it's Unity Emery. What do you expect? Um, and that's basically it, lads. So we'll finish off this podcast as we always do with our hand of cards. Well, I'm gonna jump in and be really quick with mine anyway. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go on. Carry on. Oh, it's the handball rule. It literally is a hand of cod. <laughs> See, she's very clever. That's why we keep her around. She's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just like we mentioned earlier. It's like the women's game has had to deal with this absolute bullshit rule. And I am in one way glad it's made it into the Premier League because the unfairness and ridiculousness of it has kind of reached the kind of wider... Um, range of football fans and yeah something's got to be done about it now because if the Premier League's not happy with it it will get fixed um, it, you know it doesn't matter if the women are upset by it because you know what does women's football do mm. so uh, yeah no um, that is my hand of cod and I don't I dare you to try and beat me <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Jose, tough one yeah. my one's Jose Mourinho complaining about referees and I I was like, mm, really, really, man, you're, you're going to complain about referees and you're going to complain about people not following the rules. Uh, a man who ran a referee out of the game, forcing him to retire early. Um, mm. Anders Frisk, after he accused him of having Frank Rijkaard when uh, Chelsea played Barcelona. He accused Frank Rijkaard of going into the, the referee, inviting Frank Rijkaard into the referee's room at half time, And then obviously that referee, he'd sent off uh, Didier Drogba in the match uh, which Chelsea lost and uh, Frisk wound up receiving so many goddamn death threats he had to retire early he's now an insurance salesman um, oh, I didn't know that yeah so um, he was fine by UEFA first and all so uh, like like you say about the, the rules being really convoluted it's because the, the, it's there to eliminate the ref's decision making process mm. and it's because of fuckers like him 
Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's actively taking the decision off the referees to, so they wouldn't have this kind of pressure on them and then managers pressurizing them and all this sort of stuff. Exactly. And again, as we said earlier on, this is the double-edged sword you wanted. If you wanted yeah. the, the referee not to fuck up these decisions, well, this is the, this is the opposite of it. Like, this is them like, being so black and white about these things that, like, well, I thought this is what you wanted. You wanted just decisions. This is as just as it gets by the letter of the law. The thing about it is, as well, like, the thing about bringing in video evidence is that you've now got everything. To mm. that. You've got loads of different incidences, like incidences before that the referee just, we'd been okay with the referee holding up his hand and go, look, I, can, I couldn't have fucking seen that. Like the Mopay thing as well. Like if, in back in the olden days, like the Mopay, people would just turn around and went, look, I couldn't even see it on the fucking camera. So, all right then, the ref missed it. That's, mm. You know, chalk it up and move on. But now you've given them like video HD from six different angle evidence of every single little micro incident in a game. Yeah. And the, the, Double, the double-edged sword, as you will, of having all of this massive amount of information is the referees now have to make decisions on all this information. Because at the end of the day, you will always have one team who thinks it's a penalty or I think it's a handball or whatever, and the other team who thinks that it isn't. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a decision on that. And you now have forcing refs to make decisions on every fucking the minutiae of all of these games. Yeah. Uh, on the minutiae of all these little mini decisions. And these yeah. things are making up the deciding games now. Things that the human eye cannot physically fucking perceive in real time. And, and as we said, when this whole thing started, like it's so distortion, we then seen it frame by frame because like you, you obviously at some point you'll see contact off the arm. You will eventually see someone offside. Mm-hmm. But at which, what like millisecond are you taking that as? What is gospel in, in accordance to the rules? What are you judging that on? And as I said, like it's going to be human nature to constantly reconsider and agonize over the one decision because then that's where, that's where you left at. But again, the point is, this is what you wanted. You wanted the decisions to be correct. Now they're going to be fussed over neurotically for potentially the whole season. It looks like it could be changed as early as next month. But even then, like, the, there won't the be. The handball rule isn't going to change because it's FIFA now. FIFA are FIFA mm. taking control of it. And they're forcing the Premier League to fall in line. That's why, it was, yeah. that's why it was trial to the Women's World Cup because it's not an FA thing. It's not even a UEFA yeah. thing. It's a FIFA thing. Yeah, and that's why the, the, the reason I say that is because there's a meeting, there, there has been a meeting with the PGMOL where they're trying to see can they get around that? Can they go back to the old handball rules that, no, not, that FIFA aren't enforcing? No, no, no. The yeah. People turn around and tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, more than likely, yeah. But like I said, this is, again, this is what is wanted. This is like all the complaining about like having this grey the referees are, can't keep up with the game and all that. Well, here's the opposite. The referees can't keep up in the game. They can stop the game whenever they fucking want to now. Absolutely. So they have it. Yeah. They might, now granted, the one thing they could do is deviate up between like half the fourth official make the call or whatever it is. So you don't have to have the referee fucking agonizing over it himself. Have it someone sort of instantaneous and then makes that call themselves. But then again, where does the responsibility lie then? Is the fourth official more important than, than the... Exactly. You're just adding more layers to it. Yeah. That's but the, that's the stuff they have to, kink, to work out in, in kinks. But again, that's, that's, that's either here or there. Um, my card then is uh, talking about Tony Khan. How much, do you lads, how much do you lads know about Tony Khan? Literally what I said at the start of the podcast, that he okay. tweeted out that he hated his players. <laughs> you know, which right. I feel is, is, you know, it might be fair, but it's also mean. Mm, yeah. And you're, I presume you're, you're in the same boat yourself, Neil. There's a, there's a lot to go with Tony Khan here. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Obviously, he is the, um, the son of Shabib Khan, who's the billionaire who owns uh, Fulham Football Club, took over from Mohamed Al-Fayed, which is interesting owner in his own right. But he also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, who Neil, being an NFL fan, knows all too well about. 
and uh, as banter clubs go in America, Jacksonville is as banterous as they come. Oh, um, even I know that. Yes, yep. precisely. So, thank you. Uh, the good place. <laughs> yeah, good place is actually mad for Jacksonville. It's weird. Um, so Tony Khan is a similar sense where, like, he as as Shabib is kind of torn between Fulham and Jacksonville, he made the decision basically to go full Jacksonville and leave his son in charge of Fulham. But at the same time, as, Ful- as Fulham were being taken over by Tony Khan and is now technically their director of football, um, so he's the one that's signing off and making the signings and deciding who they do actually buy. So he's in control of the checkbook, if you like. He's also in that time founded All Elite Wrestling, who is designed to be a competitor for WWE. WWE, by the way, who's about as big as Disney in wrestling equivalents. So good luck fucking doing that. You might yeah. as well be ta- you're, you're going up against Goliath with literally no weapons. You know what I mean? But that's, again, beside the point. The problem with this is now, right, this has been further complicated by the fact that there is now a COVID pandemic on and Tony Khan can only be in one place at the time. And where he can only be really is in Florida with All Elite Wrestling because they're doing their tapings in Jacksonville and he's signing wrestlers nonstop. Very much similar in a Fulham sense where he just says, someone's available, sign them and give them something to do. And like literally it's just checkbook, open, open, open. So the reason I'm nominating him is that as a director of football and as an owner of a wrestling promotion, the man is ridiculously naive. Like, literally, you could not get any more naive unless he was six and had a whole lot of fucking trading cards, like, in his open hand, waiting to be nicked. Because that's literally what Tony Khan is. Like, to tweet out, that, to tweet out open criticism of your team while they're playing, while they're conceding three goals, saying, yeah, we wanted to sign four centre-backs during the game. Because he thought it was better to placate the fans and like try and get them on side, rather than looking at Scott Parker, who a lot of fans believe now has been thrown on the bus big time by Tony Khan, who again he was his appointment. He wanted to get Parker in to be the manager because he practically like gave the rest of his career to Fulham as and as a thanks he got the job. And likewise, now he's the one that signed those defenders. He signed Dennis O'Doy, Tim Ream. Michael Hector and fucking Maxime Lemachan. They're all terrible. They are not Premier yeah, League yeah. standards. No, Dennis they are in particular. Not. Dennis Adoy, isn't he the guy who played for Dundalk and got left, like, let go by Dundalk? That was Hector. Yeah, he, he was, oh, that was Hector. terrible yeah. in that game. Hector was loaned out to Dundalk when he was back at, uh, at Chelsea. And then Dundalk said, we don't want him back. And he got a job at Reading then and did a lot better at Reading. But again, that probably right. said a lot more about them. But even then, right? So you're, you're making all these, like, basically, these, you're getting your excuses already lined up for relegation while your team is losing this battle. So what do you expect, yeah. like, the, like, Fulham fans to believe now at this point? Okay, they might appreciate the act of honesty from someone who really should not be airing this dirty, dirty laundry out to Twitter of all places, who, as we all know, is like the fucking vultures of football culture. So once you do that, you leave yourself open to criticism, open yourself up to, like, just this blank honesty that you are so out of your depth. And I think someone, I think a Fulham fan did like an actual breakdown of their recruitment and they can only really set, like attribute Alexander Mitrovic as his good signing. Um, because Knockart has not hit the ground running in, in, in the no, Premier League. And there was no He's a championship player. On him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ivan Cavallero is a close second, but again, that's saying much because like, he was, a, he was an off, off shot from Wolves. Wolves didn't want him back. They, they got fucking Pedro Neto in. They don't need him anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so already they're looking at like players that they're trying to get in that are offshoots of different teams and all this sort of thing. 
and again, like <clears throat> that's not to say like they they're not they're not left with a bad team in a sense, but they're left with a team that makes no sense. They just acquired players for the sake of it. We remember Jean Michel Serry, who was linked with you guys like two seasons ago, joined Fulham for twenty two million pounds. I think it was. It's a complete disaster. Didn't show. Never showed up. Yeah. Uh, Frank Zambo Anguisa, who we've slagged off on this channel countless times, right? Horrendous for Fulham. Twenty eight million pound signing. Never hit the ground running. Went to Villarreal on loan and showed how good he was. But then again, back to Fulham, same business yet again. Could I just say, I'm just, I was thinking about this earlier on, like they have a centre-back problem. We've got a glut of centre-backs who need game time. Yeah. Like, we can help them out there. We um, could, but they haven't, Khan, they haven't knocked you know, it. Just show us some money, Tony Khan, that you're showing to everyone else and uh, we'll help you out there. Do a deal for you, two for one. Literally every Back Fulham fan has begged Tony Khan to sign Callum Chambers. That's the only player they wanted. Because again, the bizarre thing was they let go of Alfie Mawson on loan and people recognise him as their best centre-back. So again, none of the decisions make sense. They've let Mitrovic try to score all the goals and then the, the, the deputies they have to play in this 4-4-2 system, Bobby Reid, not good enough. Abukar Abu Kamara, who had a scrap with Mitrovic two seasons ago, still at the yeah. club, not good enough. What do you expect? And again, Fulham have this reputation of selling their best assets, which they've done over the years. So they're left with nothing from the youth academy, bar Ryan Sessignon's brother, who could be as good as him, but there's no proof to the contrary. So like, what do you do? Like you, you literally paint yourself into this position of having the worst recruitment, the worst sales, and the worst replacements. And now you're going to have like Scott Parker fall on the sword for no reason. Like Scott Parker, I, I, again, is good, Scott but... Parker is like Mini Lampard, where you know mm. his reputation as a player precedes him as a manager, and I don't very much so. Yeah, know, like if he's still trying to get the Fulham players to play the same system that hasn't worked, I think that's on him. It is. I, I completely yeah. agree with you in that sense. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense that they were so good in the Championship and then nothing in the Premier League, but it's because he hasn't evolved. And I, I really agree, agree with you on that one. Um. Yeah, but um, yeah, Tony Khan just seems like an awful prick. Um, yeah, he's just a he's just a gobshite. He's not even a prick. Like, like literally, I'll go, all these... to- I'll, I'll go with Tony Khan. Yeah, I'm like... gonna go with Tony Khan. Oh, he nice. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I'll take that. I was not expecting to win that, but okay. I was totally gonna go for the handball rule like all day, all night. So yeah, fuck it. Fair enough. And um, so well done, Tony Khan. You won something, which is good. Bad you know. God. This is what happens when you let Chris You literally took the hand of Cod off the hand of Cod. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, that's our show, guys. Um, thank you very much for listening yet again. We're going to be back next week for uh, more of the same because it's our last match day until the intro, lads. Oh, look at us, how excited oh. we are. Oh. Um, we, have, we have Bielsa versus Guardiola to look forward to, and that's really all I need to say about next week. That's the only thing that matters. It's going to be great, lads. It's going to be top banter. Um, God, I hope Top Bamford. Love it. Uh, <laughs> hope you're writing these down, man. Do you know what? The worst thing is, I've had two drinks and I've forgotten all of your fucking like, titles. You just kind of have to listen back to it. I'm going to have to listen back to it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so guys, thank you very much for, uh, for listening to that. Um, uh, by all means, follow us on uh, at Monday Madness to keep track of all the things that we're doing. On, all uh, the things. All of the things. Um, so, uh, by all means, if you haven't followed us on Spotify, please do so. Because, again, we'll be doing this every week. Uh, hopefully, every Friday night to get you in the mood for the football on the way 
in the following following week. And if you have been, you've been maybe you've been watching the video version on Nerds or Russ. If so, give us a subscription on that because that's our side channel. Uh, and of course, subscribe to us on Monday Madness on YouTube for uh, some hot gaming content. And I do really Smash mean hot. Smash the like and subscribe, guys. Oh, please do, please do. But for now, guys, uh, that's all I had to say. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, I've been Jonathan. That's been Neil. That's been Burkbot. And that has been Liverpool football. Oh, yeah.